0: What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and as always, I'm here with an early morning, Casey Clapp. Hi. (laughs)
1: That's not what I sound like in the early morning. It's it's not that early. I've been up for several hours. No, it's not early. Um,
0: I've also been up for several hours. However... You know, usually when you come over to record, we spend about an hour yeah. getting to know each other yeah, and warming up our voices and our banter.
1: Yes, I have not warmed up my voice yet. This is what you get.
0: Yeah, sounds Hello, good.
1: Hello, everyone. I had one coffee today. Same. That's it. I tried to get another one on the way here, but there was a line out the door. Wow. All right. It wasn't technically out the door, but you know, as the saying goes.
0: Uh, Sure. It was more than four people.
1: Yeah. Like surprisingly long for my local coffee shop.
0: I have a pretty, I have a pretty low threshold for a line to turn me away.
1: Oh my God. Like how many people?
0: It depends on the place, I guess. But coffee shop, if there's more than like, I'd say more than three or four. I'm like, no, I'll get somewhere else.
1: Really? Yeah, I just oh, don't want
0: to... Wow. feel like an idiot standing there, you know? I
1: guess that's fair, but I have to say, like, what... I mean, how, what's the next closest coffee shop?
0: It's so hypothetical, um, you know?
1: okay. All right, I see. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm here, I'm dedicated to it. This was my choice, and I will die in this line, or I will get coffee. Those are my options. Wow,
0: get coffee or die trying.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, I think... Unless I'm like in a hurry and it's almost like, you know, all right, I'm going to stop real fast. Then sure. Then I might get in like today. I was like, like today. I, I might be able to squeeze this in. I'm going to do the research. I did the research and it came out negative. So <laughs> you do the yeah.
0: computing in your robot's brain.
1: Yeah. But if I'm going to like stay there, do something, then I'm I'm just going to, I'm just going for it. I'm
0: the same way. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. So a, it's that
1: middle ground between right. necessary and staying there, or like I'm sorry, not not necessary, but like you're going to stay versus you're just stopping in. You know the middle ground there.
0: Every decision requires so many minor decisions.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's well, true what
0: they say. What do they say? That every decision requires many minor decisions. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is that is what they say, you know. As they say, every decision requires many minor decisions.
0: I'm going to put that on my headstone.
1: <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> Which will
0: take me ages to decide on.
1: Every decision.
0: <laughs> um, Casey, you know another place with long lines?
1: Uh, um, <laughs> no, where?
0: The airport.
1: Oh, yes.
0: And... On this episode, we're taking a trip mm-hmm. to Sierra Leone. Yes, indeed. And we are talking about a very special tree on our summer vacation. Episode two.
1: Episode two.
0: And that is the cotton tree of Freetown.
1: That's right. Casey. Alex Grossman.
0: We have lots to say about this tree. Uh, from your description quickly to me, it is sort of a wonder tree.
1: It is kind of a wonder tree, yeah. You know, the more I looked into it, the more I wrote down about it. And the wow. more I'm like we got a lot to talk about.
0: Oh, my God. With a, uh, I, I will preempt this This story does not have a happy ending.
1: Well, I think it does. I guess it depends on how you look. Well, okay, yeah, you know, it depends on the perspective. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know what? We'll address that.
0: Hey, you decide for yourself. But first, we've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Cotton Tree of Freetown here on Completely Arbitrary.
1: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
0: Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we are talking the cotton tree of Freetown, which we should say the species of this tree. That's not the species name. That's right. The species is K
1: Kapok. That's right. It's the Kapok, otherwise known as, and I should be very specific here because I made this mistake multiple times, the Silk Cotton Tree. Silk Cotton Tree. Not to be confused with the Silk, I'm sorry, the Floss Silk Tree. Oh my gosh. Why did they name it? Why did they do that? Like I have to, before we go any further. Wow. Is this a plant rant? Silk Cotton Tree in Floss Silk tree yeah what are those names (laughs) like what is that it's like trying to keep
0: track of like uh the movies in a big franchise
1: yeah but but they're like not even just like the floss dash silk tree the the silk dash cotton tree Like, what what is the what you're not even like building on a description it's like saying oh well that's the penny nickel quarter tree like what
0: and that's the nickel quarter dime tree
1: yes exactly it's like what is the why why can't you just give it a a, a single name so K-pop, so much better oh yeah and also it's like it, it makes sense even if you, if even you said oh this is the the cotton tree excellent let's call it that why is silk in there if it is mm. the 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 silk floss tree like silk floss tree has more of a description First, like, it's almost silky, and it's the floss tree. Like you know floss-like. what I mean? Like, floss-like. Yeah. So it's like, I guess, I I just, I hate that. And I hate that they are like, they just, like, switched one word, then switched the order. Yeah. They, who who are these they? I don't know, <sighs> but I despise them.
0: It's the taxonomic Illuminati, case. I guess
1: so, but this isn't even, like this is the folk taxonomic Illuminati.
0: Well, I think we should start a revolution. I think we should. And just call this... K-pop. K-pop. My favorite genre of tr- of uh, tree. Tree.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Let's imagine as we do every episode Casey that you and I are walking through downtown Freetown. Yes. Where this tree resides, where this specific tree resides, the cotton tree of Freetown. Yes. And we come across it and wow, is it big. I feel like I should be speaking in the past
1: tense. Oh, Alex. Yes. Mm. But that's okay. We'll explain later. It's everyone. just a teaser
0: let's id this tree
1: excellent introduction alex so here's the thing hey you know what i think they should call it tree town <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow thank you thank you
1: all right next up we have casey <laughs> the worst open mic ever <laughs> so the the cotton tree of freetown otherwise known as a kapok is a species in the genus Saba, which has about 20 species in it. And the one we are talking about is Saba pentandra. Pentandra. Yes, it means five stamen. Pentandra.
0: Oh, so I'm assuming the flower of this thing has five stamen.
1: Yes, oh, that is exactly right.
0: What a what a deduction.
1: It's in the Malvaceae, which is the mallow family. So mm. have you ever seen a hibiscus?
0: Sure. Well, I'm familiar with the marshmallow.
1: Yes. So that marshmallow mm-hmm. comes from the root of a plant that's in the hibiscus family called the mallow. Wow. There you have it, Alex. Fantastic. So we obviously, we make it differently now, but that's where the initial flavor kind of comes from. Sure. So that family has the hibiscus uh, in it. So it has these big five-parted flowers that are really beautiful and mm. magnificent. And the stamens are all put together. They're all fused together into into a tube. So hmm. they kind of jut out from the flower.
0: Oh, interesting! I'm imagining like a pine cl- needle bundle.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of opens up right at the very tip. Yeah. You know, rather than the whole thing. Sweet. Yeah, nice. That's really good. That's a, good that's a good description, Alex. I'm making. I'm connecting dots, Casey. I, the dots I am connecting. They are.
0: Well, let's talk about overall morphology, which is the place we usually begin.
1: So this is a big, big tree, Alex. Like uh, bigger.
0: I'm outstretching my hands. Yeah,
1: bigger, bigger than that. And I love that's you about this right. much. That's about Kapok. right. Yeah, yeah. Where your <laughs> fingers go out to infinity. Yeah. Or at least if you were to make a circle, that was going to be one. Anyway.
0: My mother used to say, "I love you to the moon and back."
1: Oh, I love that. That's I, one of my favorite sayings. I, I
0: think that's a good one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this tree, if you are in its realm, you feel like it's growing to the moon and back. Wow. Because it's it's it gets massive up to. Rather, I should say generally, you'll find it around 100 feet or so, okay, give or take. But generally speaking, it gets big, like 250 feet tall.
0: Wow.
1: Not only is it a giant tree, this tree, not explicitly the cotton tree of Freetown, mm-hmm. but other kapok trees get to be called the largest tree in in Africa wow I guess I should I should be more specific Alex thank okay. you the tallest tree in Africa
0: okay not by volume yes by that height. would actually
1: I think go to the tree we're going to talk about next week oh my god no, no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers <laughs> settle down children settle <laughs> down yeah, alright yeah, hands so in your laps that's like 77 meters tall And it gets about 13 feet in diameter, about four meters.
0: 13? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a big old tree. That's
1: a big old tree.
0: From what I see, this tree also grows outward quite proficiently.
1: It does. And so I tried to find the diameter of the cotton tree of Freetown, Mm -hmm. and I could not find it because it said that the diameter is 15 meters now, 15 uh, meters, essentially <laughs> take a meter and multiply it by three, mm-hmm. gives you a good estimate of what it would be in feet. That's not what it is. That's huge. It's like 50 feet around. That would be the biggest tree ever. It would be huge. Tree ever. Exactly. So, in diameter, that would be bigger than the tree we talked about last week, mm-hmm. which is outrageous to say the most. So, we have to essentially... Uh, do what Tobin did with another tree. Uh, I think it was the oh uh, maybe? Hmm. But he basically was looking through it and did some math, and he's like, that would be the single largest tree in diameter of all time. Oh, so they, yeah. they must be talking about circumference.
0: He myth-busted. Exactly. Myth-busted.
1: So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look at this. So I think it might be the spread. So they give the height uh. about 250 feet, and the spread of the canopy, I think, is about 50 feet.
0: The diameter of the of the whole the tree as a whole.
1: Yes. Or it could be the circumference, but that is exactly what you were alluding to. The tree gets really big, wide, Mm -hmm. but it also has big buttressing roots that come off the base of it. Yeah. So if you were just to do a diameter. It's like, well, I. where do you start? You have to go above the buttressing roots. If you're going to do a circumference going around, then that's also like you got to go up above these roots. So no matter how you look at it, it's a it's a huge tree, probably easily 13 to 15 feet in diameter. Mm. And when you look at the spread of the roots as the, as the buttressing roots come out, it could be almost twice that, maybe more. It's like, a big boy. It's crazy. Like the really beautiful trees, the classic like... Um, tropical morphology with these giant buttress roots, this huge monolithic stem, and they are an emergent forest canopy tree in the tropics, which means their canopy Mm. grows up above the rest of the canopy kind of maximum for the rest of all the trees around.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, they're huge trees. It's, the uh, buttress base reminds me of a tree that we talked about, I think last year, the Yellow Carabine. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: It's very similar.
1: Exactly. The one thing that you can uh, kind of point to, the difference is the Yellow Carabine, they made buttressing roots that looked more like flying buttresses, mm. which kind of are arched outwards. They're con. They're convex. Uh-huh. Whereas the Saba trees, they have concave Buttresses.
0: Casey's doing that thing with his hands where you're like yeah. doing the outline of a curvy body. Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just showing the what the tree's buttresses <laughs> look like.
0: I saw that tree over there. It's like
1: it's like this. <laughs> oh my god. Like,
0: Casey, oh my god. That tree's dimensions.
1: Yeah, look at that tree's dimensions, baby. Wow. Oh. Yeah.
0: Uh Casey <laughs> feels, let,
1: feels <laughs> dirty. <laughs> don't,
0: don't bring me. these realms together. Yeah. Uh Casey, let's talk bark.
1: The bark. Alex, you know this bark. You've seen this bark. You've touched this bark.
0: Is it you utility bark
1: it is not utility bark it's almost the opposite of utility bark oh my god uh, at least when it's young so again don't be confused you all out there in the tropical subtropical climes you will be familiar oh. with seba speciosa which is known as the floss silk tree so that is a tree that Tobin Mitnick also talked about in his book because I thought that these were the same trees for the longest time. Wow! And they are not. Mm. So they are the trees that have green bark that is covered from tip to tail with these giant thorny spines that are coming out. Yeah, boy. So these little spines cover the entire tree. And they can be upwards of like an inch long. But they look something like... Um, something you'd see in Star Wars almost. Like Hmm. they don't look real, they don't look like they're actually meant to hurt anything. Because they're, like, too big.
0: Yeah, they're cartoonish. You know?
1: Yeah, they are, exactly.
0: They have, they have funny proportions. Right? Yeah.
1: Well, so as the tree gets older and bigger, they kind of fade into the bark a little bit. They kind of just disappear, and the bark becomes a, a smooth gray color. Mm. But when they're younger, they're green, covered in these spikes, and they actually photosynthesize. I was going to You knew that. Mm-hmm. So the thing, though, is, technically speaking, I believe they have prickles. Not spines. Okay. Now I say this, Alex, because there are there are differences which we've talked about before. I'll reiterate: thorns are modified stem tissue, so thorns come out and they can actually have buds and leaves on them. Hmm. So that is stem tissue is a thorn. Um, one example would be the uh, citrus. Citrus plants have these thorns. Also, the um, Honey locust has thorns. Then you have spines, and spines are modified leaves or stipules, mm. which grow kind of at the base of a leaf. Uh huh. So a spine would be something you would see on the black locust tree, where there's two little spines at the base of each um, of each leaf that comes out, and those would be stipular spines. Okay. Versus a prickle which is a little tiny part that's more or less a, a hair. So it's kind of like a hair follicle or a cilia that kind of comes out from the, the dermis of the bark or the outside tissue of a plant. So that comes out, but you can break it off really easily because it doesn't it's literally skin deep
0: it's not a part of the stem
1: yes not a part of the stem like a thorn exactly and it does not come from a leaf or a modified part of a leaf
0: interesting it's like yes. pubescence it's like really hardcore pubescence yeah,
1: exactly yeah okay in examples of that would be the rose if you uh want to yeah. know the difference if you try and break break off the spine of say a honey locust then it will break itself in half it won't like cleanly break off mm-hmm. but on a rose You can just go and snap off those little things because, like I said, they're only skin deep.
0: And so the kapok is the same way? Those are prickles?
1: I believe so because I haven't found anything that has said or anything that looks like it shows that they have anything to do with the leaves or anything to do with new stem tissue growing out. So I think that they are just really big, intense, barky prickles. Cool. So anyway, just wanted to make sure that I covered that specifically because That's if I didn't, I would have regretted it.
0: Honestly, when you started that, I was like, oh boy, this is some subjective, uh, he's just like uh, proposing this new word for what this is. are only an
1: inch long yeah. and above an inch, they're a thorn. And
0: then I, then you explained it and now I'm like, well, yeah, okay.
1: All right, thank you. I'm glad that I, that I
0: <laughs> at least did
1: that. So I think in a technical sense, you know, they have different... Uh, Genesis. Uh, Casey let's talk Leaf These leaves are Gorgeous Alex They They grow up And they are Spirally arranged Down the stem And they are Palmately Compound
0: Hey you know what I have to say About these leaves What They're pretty cool man What look like pot leaves <laughs> what i wasn't saying that Yeah, i
1: know you weren't saying that but it was said you know what they, i mean they
0: look like uncerrated uh uh pot leaves really with a clean margin of course i think all palmately lobed uh leaves oh, look that's sm- all you see okay. something like a pot leaf you yeah, know because i'm right. such a I'm such a stonehead, as they say. You
1: are stonehead. Yeah, yeah, that is what they say. Everyone says that all the time. Uh-huh. Just the same. They, yeah, agreed.
0: Same as the Easter Island guys.
1: Yes, exactly. They do get stoneheads. Oh, Alex, you're
0: so. That was the equivalent, beautiful. speaking of stones, of your Gladstone joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. We're making a lot of stone jokes recently. <laughs> So they are, I guess that's fair. I see that. They 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 are palmately compound, which means they all come out, all these leaflets from one one spot. So you have mm-hmm. your, your your petiole comes up and then boom, all at once the veins radiate out as if they are on the spoke of a wheel.
0: Yeah, just look at your hand. That's why it's called palmate. It's
1: precisely, Alex. You got that so right.
0: All your fingers come from your wrist. Yeah. What exactly other, in a technical
1: sense yeah yes. so, right, right. don't look too close into that it's just a mnemonic everyone <laughs> so it is yeah they grow out there they get um pretty large like the leaflets get to be about four to six inches long so in mm-hmm. diameter they're probably the leaf itself would be somewhere around 12 inches a foot or so pretty cool. Yeah, pretty good size, pretty beautiful, and they also are, like I said, alternately arranged, so they kind of spiral around the stem, and they're a very lovely green color. Their green color, though, is uh, only temporary as they will fall away because they are deciduous. Really? Yes, they are, again, drought deciduous. Oh,
0: drought deciduous, lowercase d. We get
1: all of our drought deciduous trees. No, 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 I don't think that's drought. I don't think that should be a lowercase d. I think it should be. Really? I think
0: true deciduousness belongs to autumn. Really It's my politician hand I'm doing. Wow,
1: yeah you are. You're doing it. You got your thumb not quite pointed out so it's not mm-hmm. too offensive. Yes. Not too much. But I'm making strong. my point. Wow. Obama
0: popularized this.
1: Exactly. Actually, I think John Kerry popularized it. Really? Yes. I started doing that way back when John Kerry was running for wow. president against Bush Two.
0: Crazy. Yeah,
1: I started doing that. It was, Bush uh, Two the sequel. Funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the squeakel. Um uh, yeah.
1: not near as good as the original. <laughs> Yeah, I think
0: a true deciduousness, capital D deciduous, is what happens to leaves in the fall when they fall. okay. Drought deciduous, I just feel like it's a, I feel like it's stolen valor.
1: Wow! (laughs) I (laughs) love using that phrase
0: lately and things that doesn't really affect.
1: Such a hot take. Yeah. That is, yeah, I mean, it's a good phrase, so yeah. I can't believe this, okay, because I mean, technically speaking, as we discussed, Alex, they're the same, it's the same process. It's yeah. just water, but you're you're sticking to it. It's a time of it's a it's a time of year kind of thing. It's about
0: intention, you know. Huh. It's about the reason for the ah, season.
1: it's the reason literally for the yeah. season. That's
0: my political slogan about right. this. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's the reason for the season.
0: Yeah, deciduousness is the reason for the season. It's
1: why we call it fall, folks. Okay. <laughs> All right, Alex. Okay, this is duly noted. I I accept your stance. <laughs> Can I say? <laughs>
0: Nick Weiger uses that phrase Stolen Valor Yeah,
1: okay <laughs> Very
0: wantonly In a bunch of funny scenarios And there's somebody was telling a story About how they found A, a, a Burger King employee hat At Goodwill Yeah And they were wearing it around And he said that was stolen Valor
1: Stolen Valor Oh God Yeah, it's a bit much But fine We'll allow so it So funny well, the, uh, the flowers, Alex, as we talked about already, look a little bit like what you'd see if you went to Hawaii and you found a hibiscus. Wow. I, I don't know why, but I just, I think maybe hibiscus has like, I think it might be like uh, a state flower of Hawaii maybe. I can't mm. recall. But I always think Hawaii and hibiscus flowers. Then I started seeing them all over the place. There's a hibiscus species. We call it like... Uh, What is it? It's like a flower. It's like a flowering tree bush thing in Portland. Yeah. Hibiscus. Mm I see it all the time. What is it? I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's like Mary's Mary's White Flower. I don't know. It's Mm. something very uninteresting, but it's a nice thing. It's a nice, beautiful flower, but it is not a tree. It's planted as a street tree, but the city of Portland says nope. That is not a tree. She's a bush. Yes, they had to make a call on a, on a few little trees, and that didn't make the cut.
0: Oh, sorry, hibiscus. Yeah, Mary's white flower.
1: Something like that. I know it's Mary's
0: like, virginal. Yeah. uh bloom. <laughs>
1: right. It'll come to me, and someone will listen to this and be screaming it at their yeah. their headphones right now. And I'm sorry, you're right. Email us, um,
0: hibiscus brackenrigii. Brackenrigia. Hawaiian hibiscus is the okay. state flower for
1: Hawaii. Casing. There you go. Yes, I got that
0: right. Hibiscus is such a classic. I mean, I feel like it's culinarily it's very popular. Lots of hibiscus in like cocktails and teas.
1: Yes, I actually had. Um, um, I guess what it's it was in Mexico and it's uh, it's a certain kind of drink, like it's almost like a lemonade thing.
0: Oh, but I can't
1: remember what it's called either. Oh my like god, agua fresca. No, it's not that. Like it has a. It's like a. Um, Yamica or something like that. Hamaica? It looks like it's the word Jamaica. Himica? Himica. Yeah? I don't know. You know what? As you're looking this up, I'm going to ask the world, what is a J in Spanish? Is it a huh? Is it a ya? I just don't know. I'm corrected all the time, and I feel like I'm corrected both ways all the time.
0: It's a huh. Huh. Yeah, so that's the Agua de Jamaica.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Sorry for my terrible accent.
1: That's, hey, I'm not going to hold that against you because I'm trying to decide if it's a ju, ja, a Yuh, or a Huh. Well, I think it's also
0: a regional thing, Case. God damn it. Where the fuck were we? The flower.
1: Yes, the flower. Now, here's what's fun about this flower. It blooms at dusk. It <gasps> opens at night oh. And then it usually Falls away And is done By the end of uh, About 24 hours That's so romantic Isn't that great I love that Yeah and oh. They're like Creamy white A little bit pinkish They're mm. not They're not super huge Maybe about uh, Like Uh, maybe an inch across, inch and a half. Like they're kind of adorable as opposed to our, uh, our speciosa, seba speciosa, Mm -hmm. the other tree that has something to do with silk floss and cotton. That tree, their flowers are a little bit bigger, so they they really are like a pow when they flower.
0: So is this like part of a panicle or anything? Oh uh, no, it just, they're they, just they, little flowers.
1: They're just little flowers. they I guess they're they're kind of in clumps more than anything, but not uh, not necessarily all together as you know one big huge thing. I but think they're all relatively close.
0: They're quite beautiful.
1: They really are. They're just kind of these nice little flowers that uh, don't require that you see them, but they're just like I'm here. And it, they, they smell like milk.
0: They're very confident. They smell like milk. They
1: smell like milk, yeah. Hmm. Depending on how you feel, a little, little old milk. Oh, boy. Yeah, isn't that fun? I don't love that. Yeah, bats do, though.
0: They like old milk?
1: Bats and moths, all those things that fly at night and pollinate mm. things, mm. they are loving it.
0: Do you love old milk? No, yeah. I don't. Shut up. Take
1: it back. And they fly into the night.
0: <laughs> um, I will say that these have that classic hibiscus uh, flower shape. They do, yeah. Where the petals will kind of... <laughs> come out and curve back on themselves a little yeah, bit right they're very like uh, yeah they really it's like present yeah, themselves they do
1: they're really just they they're asking to be pollinated good they, confidence yeah, yeah they really good are confidence is right alex yeah this is this tree exudes confidence and it That's has
0: it has its you know prickles which yeah. i think is like another sign of confidence it's it like is. i'm doing my thing don't fuck yeah, with me stop
1: just get out of my way yeah precisely i agree Wow. Now, another thing about this tree is it's native to several different places. It's mm. native to central and uh, south, like very southern North America, it's like essentially southern Mexico down into northern South
0: America. Panama.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like all, in fact, I think it's like you can even find it native in Ecuador, like all the way down into Peru and okay. some of the kind of uh, intense areas of the rainforest of mm. uh, the Amazon as well as the Caribbean islands, all the islands out in that kind of section of the world. Oh, wow. And over on the other side of the Atlantic, over where we're talking about Sierra Leone in West Africa. This
0: is a globetrotter.
1: It really is. I thought that was very curious, and they found that it is uh, native over there because they've found pollen that shows it's been there for about 13,000 years. Okay. So some people said, well, then people brought it over and it turns out, nope, it didn't. It was there before anyone went from South America to North America. Interesting. And the reason that we can say with confidence other than this study is the fruit, Alex.
0: I was going to ask if this grows a fruit.
1: I figured you were.
0: Well, tell me yes or no. Okay. I don't want to get into a whole thing. Yeah. But does every plant that grows a flower also grow a fruit yes okay
1: great question so this is like it's the funny funniest fruit I don't know why it just tickles me they look like giant or not even giant just normal size avocados oh yeah and they grow down they're very very like blind green and they look like this kind of this drop that looks like it, it's really big viscous kind of green fluid that kind of just hardens in this almost skinny teardrop kind of fashion hmm. it's oblong and it's about six inches long and it has a little bit of point on both ends and it ends up kind of growing down like this teardrop then it ends up getting a little bit fatter but not super fat it's one thing that kind of keeps this species separate from others is that it kind of stays like a skinny avocado yeah and then when ripe it turns brownish to blackish and it splits into five sections which makes sense because remember the the leaves have or the flowers rather have parts in five which means there's probably five individual uh carpels inside the flower, each of which has seeds inside, each of which then produces this one sectioned chamber that then splits into five parts. This fruit is fantastic. When it pops open, it is filled to the brim with these cellulose and lignin made Hairs. And these little hairs look like these little fuzzy things surrounding the seeds, mm-hmm. not connected to the seeds, just surrounding the seeds. And these little things are the reason that we give it the name the cotton tree.
0: It looks like a cotton ear of corn.
1: It's a, that's a perfect description. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're filled with probably about a hundred seeds, or you know, I think yeah, there's like many, many seeds inside yeah. these things. Each one of those seeds. Are connected or not technically connected, but they're surrounded by this cotton, and this cotton is waterproof and it is buoyant. It has a high heat capacity Mm. and it is uh what it was uh oleophilic is the term. So you have hydrophobic. And oleophilic
0: which means that it attracts oil
1: exactly it loves oil Mm. so this is a a fun like thing that i didn't really know about but it turns out they used to harvest this because a given tree could make like 800 or more of these fruits like so many fruits that you're just like Oh my God! There's there's cotton everywhere. Because mm. remember, these trees get 250 feet tall, and you know several hundred feet wide if they want. Maybe not several, but at least 50 to 100 feet wide. So you have these giant trees filled to the brim with these fruits, which are filled to the brim with these fuzz. They would harvest that. And use it in everything from pillows to jackets to sleeping uh, like blankets. Sure, they would fill their mattresses because it's insect and uh, rodent resistant. They don't like it. It floats, so you would put it inside of uh, flotation devices. Mm. I heard a video, Alex, that if the all the people who were on um, any of the ships during the Titanic's age,
0: right, the life, the the uh, the what are they called?
1: The life vests. The life boats. Yeah. Yes. Wait, no, 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 the life vests.
0: Right, but um, uh, on you're, you're saying any of the ships, and I'm calling them lifeboats.
1: Oh. Because
0: uh, there was one ship called the Titanic and had many little ships around it called lifeboats, which had life vests on them.
1: Alex, that was such a stretch.
0: We, what?
1: No. I, yo, you're being serious? Yes. Oh, I'm talking about the ships filled to the brim with all their, like, the big ships that are like the Titanic. like all, Oh, oh all you just those? mean
0: big Big like steamer ships in general.
1: Any ship that had a life vest on it. I thought yeah.
0: you were t- okay. I thought you were talking about the lifeboats on the Titanic.
1: Oh no 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 no! The vests that the people were wearing. I know. <laughs> and and they're on every every big ship of yes. any sort. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Not just on the lifeboats.
0: What just happened?
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm. I don't know how you got so confused there. But we're back. We're together, Alex. We're we're together.
0: You're saying that these were used in life vests.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's what I should have said. In
0: the era of the Titanic.
1: <laughs> exactly. So this this fun fact was that the people who were on the Titanic ended up having. Uh, they were probably wearing life vests packed with K hawk cotton
0: yes i can also see this being a great uh kind of insulator for your home yes they used it for insulation too yeah keeps the keeps rodents away you know keeps the warmth out yeah
1: the one problem is it's very flammable (laughs) because it's basically just made of cellulose not basically it's like 99 percent cellulose oh okay which is just essentially wood fiber that we burn
0: well maybe don't make your house with it
1: yeah but you know if you got a wooden house what's the difference
0: Hey, good point, man. Yeah, it's all going to work. Somehow. It's going to go up anyway.
1: So yeah, this is—it's just like the coolest, like interesting stuff. And I had no idea that it would be so useful today. Everything is now made with essentially foam or some other kind of floaty bit, which ninety percent of the time, like I said, is made out of some petroleum-based thing. Which right, is a bit of a bummer.
0: Synthetic stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, imagine like you—you you make a life vest and you know, or you make a floaty, and it pops off your boat, and then it just decomposes a couple years later because it's made out of natural fibers Mm. i don't know i don't want that yeah Yeah, you don't want you don't want it to like decompose and like you know disintegrate while you're actively Uh using it but
0: it's like you have on your you have on your to-do list like for your home you'd be like i gotta i gotta mow the lawn i gotta replace the life vests
1: yeah before it gets you know just decays (laughs) out yeah that like fix your deck
0: um, Casey, is there any sort of like fleshy edible part of the kapok fruit?
1: Uh, not that I know of, no. Okay. In fact, I only know that people, um, historically have eaten like the tips of the shoots mm. and sometimes the leaves get put into stuff and...
0: You know, the bark is, is, is brewed in, in a diuretic tea.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's got, it's got like some things and the seeds have often been used and eaten, but I've read multiple things. One says that the seeds are poisonous the other says that the seeds are not poisonous. Mm, it's like an arsenic like thing, like, like apple seeds. No, it's not arsenic. It is uh, something different, but I'm sure That's it's okay. doing the same thing. Sure, it's just it happens to be that it uh, it is just something that you can either roast and eat or not eat. Like I just can't tell. I couldn't find anything that said one way or another. Interesting, but I can tell you this tree is generally not grown as a food. Crop or a food tree; it has other purposes.
0: This is like a utility tree in the best way.
1: It is like in almost every way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know that it's uh, quite the level of like a tree of life, but it's probably on the mm. way. I mean, every trees can be a tree of life, so I don't know. Uh, probably.
0: Well, I think a tree of life requires, and this is listen. I, I'm of English descent, living <laughs> in the United States of America, but I think a tree of life. Let me give you my opinion on yeah, this. Yes, please. <laughs> we want it. I think a tree, a tree of life, requires uh, edible parts.
1: Oh, really?
0: Well, I guess the western red cedar. I don't know exactly. if they exactly. Yeah, maybe not.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. That—that's what I—I I had that same thought, and I was like, mm. well, actually, I don't know that that needs to be a definitive characteristic. It can just be a tree that is so integral to your life not necessarily that you eat it though
0: could the kapok
1: be that i think so mm. uh, but then again like i said there's you know there's a spectrum and i'm sure there's another tree that grows in the same regions as kapok grows that is far more useful for a lot of different things the nani's a great example you probably find the nani growing in these same regions oh okay and that tree they're like yeah we use that for
0: everything yeah but the nani doesn't isn't full of cotton exactly you know it
1: takes a village
0: yeah. It Takes a forest. Wow, Casey.
1: There you go. It takes a forest. So let's uh, let, hmm. let's let's talk a couple facts about a this tree. Bumper sticker idea. It takes a forest. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Hey, everyone out there,
0: Don't raise your hand.
1: Us. Raise your hand if you want uh, <laughs> if you want, you want a bumper sticker that says it takes a forest.
0: Yeah, hit that like button.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. So here's some interesting facts that I found while researching this tree.
0: Oh yeah. I want let's your hear. opinion on some of these. Okay.
1: It is like we said, an emergent canopy tree. Mm. So it grows really big. I learned that it is the tallest tree on Africa, like on the entire continent of (laughs) Africa, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. It's very big. That is a tree that is about 250 feet tall. The tallest one in Africa. The
0: tallest specimen of the Kapok. Yes, exactly.
1: Gigantic tree. Now, I was like, hold on a second, Some, someone's saying this is like the, maybe one of the biggest, tallest angiosperms just outright. Wow. So I was like, oh, I thought that was a eucalyptus. So I went down a quick little rabbit hole. All right. And it turns out that the biggest tree historically, which we've talked about, is centurion, a swamp gum eucalyptus regnans. That used to be 327 feet tall and 5.9 inches which is for those of you out where this tree would be growing 99.82 meters (laughs) that's a
0: big old boy
1: it's a big old boy i'm sorry alex that was a big old boy oh it's not dead the top in 2014 i think uh no i'm sorry in 2020 ripped out so now it's oh. it's only ninety-six meters, three hundred and fourteen feet.
0: Why would you do that?
1: Hey, nature's rough, baby, as <sighs> we'll talk about later.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So now the tallest angiosperm, the or rather, I guess I should say and or the tallest tree in Asia mm. and or the tallest tropical tree mm-hmm. is a shoria. Fagwitiana, otherwise known as the Yellow Maranti or Yellow Maranti, hmm. which is named Manara. It's located in Saba, Malaysia on Borneo Whew. at 323 feet tall, 98.53 meters. God
0: damn.
1: Yeah. So an, an unknown tree, a tree that was in the backwaters of botanical, who knows? Yeah. Is it the tallest? Don't care. Is now... The champion. Isn't this that great? Is,
0: this is like when the towers fell and Trump was like, Trump Tower is officially the tallest building in New York City.
1: Oh, geez. I don't I I disagree with that. Okay,
0: this is like when uh,
1: <laughs> that, that you're calling this beautiful on. tree from
0: <laughs> I can do better. This is like when uh when John Goodman in that movie about King 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 something where he like all the royal family dies in a tragic accident, and he's uh, the nearest relative, but he's like a okay. bumpkin. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, okay. I think that's fair. I I don't know. I I have. I might. I don't know. I'm gonna give this tree some credit in its own. It's a giant tree. It's not a bumpkin. This is Minara. Uh, Alex is like, well, if you're not a eucalyptus, you're just some backwater dummy.
0: <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. That's what you said. Listen verbatim. None of my analogies have anything to do with reality, okay? They just make me laugh.
1: <laughs> it's like when the moon became the biggest planet because Jupiter exploded. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, Alex.
0: Just let me have my fun, <laughs> goddammit.
1: So, that is, uh, so now it is, uh, I think the k pop would be about the, not, I, I would be willing to bet it's not even close to the second or third tallest. Sure, so of course, regnans would be the the second toss. There's probably other eucalyptus that are gigantic. Just but hey, same.
0: if we're getting a if we're getting a fucking uh, you know diplomat of tallest trees from each continent, yes, it's this, showing up to the party.
1: Exactly. This this would be one of seven. That's very it impressive. Would be so impressive. Yeah. So this tree, in like not to mention, I mean, just the fact that it's so gigantic all the time. Yeah. I just love it because that's this is one difference. The eucalyptus and this Menorah tree, they just kind of grow straight up, mm-hmm. whereas our Saber tree, right? That's wide.
0: I, you know, I love a tree that is not only tall, like a really, 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 really tall, like ponderosa pine, yeah, or like Jeffrey pine or something, yeah, uh-huh. or Douglas fir, even. Like doesn't do much for me. Yeah, okay. It's like they yeah, they have they have their strategy. They're just like, whew, yeah, shooting straight up. I just go for it. But a big tall broadleaf tree that's mm. also like. Fucking, you know, it's wide. twenty meters wide in yeah. its canopy, like a big beach or something. Yeah, It's so much more impressive to me, even if it doesn't reach the heights it's very of fair. the pine tree.
1: I think this is one hundred percent accurate.
0: So this tree has a lot going for it for me. It does, right? And not to mention the fact—I know we're getting into like opinion review territory here. So mm, I'll, I'll skirt, yeah, yeah. You the, I'll skirt t- the outskirts. T- yeah, you touch here. your toe in there. Yeah, I mean, I dip my toe in this water. Um it's also a utility tree you know heavily utility tree we're talking we're talking like bordering on the edge of a tree of life yeah plus its size yeah i mean that's that's a two for two that's something that's right? something
1: casey exactly now another fact yeah hit me we have i love this roots. format this is great yeah, i'm glad you're liking it yeah so we got another it has these buttressing roots, right? Mm-hmm. That we talked about. Mm-hmm. So one thing about these buttressing roots is that many people would look at them and think that they are holding the tree up in a compression style. Hmm. So you have a a big string kind of coming out, or a big like uh, like a, a wide foot kind of thing. So like our feet are angled in front of us. So when we lean forward, our feet are the things that like hit the ground and our muscles hold us up as we lean forward, mm-hmm. right? Not so with this tree. Angiosperms put wood on the tension side of places of their of their stems and their roots and their branches.
0: The young. Yes. So that means on the on the back side? It means that these
1: are more like guy wires. So they are holding the tree from falling the opposite direction as opposed to pushing it in the direction that the that the root is on. Oh they're pulling. Exactly, oh. exactly. So imagine it like the tree's growing up and it has a bunch of cables pulled out. The oh. cables provide, I mean, I this, this reference only goes so far because the trees also provide a pretty significant amount of compression strength, mm. but their main purpose, like if we're saying, well, why are these developing like this? It's because the tree is putting on more tension wood where it's getting pulled, and then you develop those long buttressing roots, which in effect imagine them as cables pulling down so whenever you, a tree leans to the north it's the buttress root on the south right. that is doing most of the work
0: so if you cut the cable so to speak on the south yeah the building so to speak the tree so to speak would fall
1: north so to speak correct <laughs> uh, cool. yeah so that's fun and these roots can get like 20 feet, like seven meters out from the tree. Really? Yeah, and they go up like 10 or 15 feet. Like so they're huge.
0: Those are definitely roots.
1: Yeah, they're definitely, well, they, they are the buttressing baits. So they're, at the end, they go down and become main roots. Uh-huh. But the wood that's being put on top is probably more akin to your normal stem tissue than explicitly roots. Because mm. roots are. Different in a uh, anatomical sense than the rest of the stem right, tissue. Right,
0: right, right.
1: But there is this kind of transition between the two. Huh. They are kind of the transition between the two.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So I, I can't tell you 100%. Once they're in the ground, they're roots, and they grow as roots with root things. Once they hit the stem, uh-huh. they are stems doing stem things with stem anatomical parts. Wow. Where those two cease, don't really know. All right, Alex, there's another part of this tree that is going to dovetail into the the tree that really we're, we want to talk about, which is the cotton tree of mm, Freetown. Yes. This tree is a very spiritual tree. Now, I believe you've also done some research on the spirituality of this tree.
0: Well, I know of one myth.
1: Yeah, what is that?
0: So, Casey, the myth that I know about this tree comes from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, as a part of their folklore, there's a tree, a huge tree, Kapok tree deep in the forest as called, you would expect as you would expect a big boy uh they that they call the castle of the devil which is Check. just amazing um, my favorite death metal album yeah uh, in it in that castle tree uh lives basil or basil mm, basil potentially I like, I
1: like basil
0: yeah basil sounds less like the herb yeah um, the demon of death and a, uh, they, they wanted to, to trick the demon into getting imprisoned inside this tree. So a humble carpenter built seven rooms in this tree. And they tricked the demon of death to go inside one of them. Yeah. Lock the door. Walked away,
1: <laughs> nice. Dropped it in the river. Can I
0: would find it. In yeah, the I would say it's best just to not go near this tree, just in case. Yeah,
1: and I I bet you it has a lot to do with the spikes that are all over it. So you're like, ooh, that tree's oh, got some demon in
0: it, baby. That's, that's the barbed wire of of this tree's prison. Yeah,
1: or, or that I I guess I always imagine it like you you walk in and you see this tree covered in spikes, and you're just like, okay, uh, something evil about that yeah. tree. I'm not gonna mess with it, but and, I am gonna eat these seeds something
0: like that <laughs> and the cotton is the cloth off the demon's back
1: nice which we harvest and it helps us stay alive yeah
0: this is not this is now fanfic this yeah, is not true. part yeah, of the you actual can't take myth. It away.
1: Yeah. but yeah and there's there's a lot that has to do with uh with that kind of myth of like um because it blooms at night and bats come and visit it there's more myths about the the tree itself having this Power with these, like, deities of death mm. and that kind of thing that, like, only come at night, you know, and stuff yeah. like that.
0: It's really a tree that characterizes itself. It
1: does, right? It, it has the, it's like the dragon tree where it, like, bleeds red. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, the, there's no question, yeah, that's sick. We're going <laughs> to do something with that. Yeah. You know, says the cultural <laughs> deciders of myths. <laughs> yeah. But, so, this tree, you know, that that has this, this spiritual base already. Mm-hmm. Has a spiritual base in like several different cultures, which I think is curious like African Mm. cultures, Caribbean cultures, and South American, Central American cultures. Yeah. Which is cool. You can't really see any like native myths about these different things. Maybe again, the Nani, because it grows in places that are so vastly kind of uh, apart from each other. Right. So those cultures develop 100% distinctly from each other but then still make similar myths about these trees.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see how cool. similar, you know?
1: Yeah, right. That would be the real thing. I We'd have to do way more looking into it, and I bet you we'd also need to look at other species that have similar morphologies hmm. that grow in other places as well. Okay. And then we could start to really put together, like, okay, all of these trees are similar in this one way, and all these people viewed them in the same way. Yeah,
0: that's a... That's a project. yeah, we
1: got some anthropologists who are looking to get a master's degree. There you go.
0: <laughs> we gotta call up Joseph Campbell. Yes, out of his grave
1: for sure. why that?
0: Uh, the, the Joseph Campbell was a, an anthropologist author oh. legend legendarium kind of oh, guy. Yeah. All right He just he discovered that uh, independent of each other over thousands of years. Thousands of cultures developed essentially the same story arc.
1: Really? It's called The
0: Hero with a Thousand Faces is his book on that. The hero's journey. Have you heard of this? Oh no, I don't think so. Oh well. Every movie up. you've ever seen uses this uh, this trajectory. Huh um yeah, isn't that incredible? That is amazing. All right, yeah.
1: sweet. I'm gonna I gotta look into that. Well, the main tree that we're talking about, yeah, country free town, as we've said. You're familiar with this. You've looked it up. Yeah. Everyone else is by now. I hope looked it up. It's a beauty. Or you just are so good at listening that you're like, oh yeah, I can identify that tree. I don't even need to look it up.
0: Actually, maybe don't Google it until the end of the.
1: Don't show. Google it until the end. the The cotton tree of Freetown is this gargantuan, two mm. hundred and thirty some foot tall tree that, again, uh, as we said, was probably somewhere around the 13 feet diameter realm with these huge fluted bases. It's right in the middle of a square in the middle of Freetown, Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone is a country that's on the the southwest side of the the nose of West Africa, mm. so it's a very tropical place. It has mostly tropical savanna, has some tropical forest, and this tree. On the coast, also yes, it's right on the coast. Yeah, and Freetown
0: yeah. is like the the coastal city.
1: Exactly, it's a big coastal city. It's the capital, and it's called Freetown because it was founded by a group of freed slaves mm. that were brought back over to Africa as a part of one of the most interesting histories I've ever read about a country. Wow, I cannot wait. So you're familiar with colonization, right? Yes. So this is like colonization in a weird, unique, reverse, yet not reverse way. Hmm. So normally, you'd have a European power go down to a place where other people already live and say, this is ours now, and you are our people, and you're not really our people, we just want you out, and they would take over their land resources, all these things, they would also historically use those people as slaves mm-hmm. and they would sell them away. West Africa was mm-hmm. very much this, the, the basis of this, the, what is it? the triangle slave trade, where you would go from European countries to West Africa, pick up people who've been sold into slavery, transport them over to the Caribbean or the south of the United States and then sell them and then take the money or take the goods that you bought and then go back to Europe with that and then start the triangle all over again. Wow. And we go multiple different directions.
0: When you put it in such simple, plain terms, it's really heartbreaking. It is. It's
1: just, it's like pure economics with human life, you know? Yeah,
0: it's fucking evil.
1: Yeah, it really is. And so what happened is... During the Revolutionary War, uh, slaves in America, or in what will become America, Mm. United States of, they basically said, we're with you, Britain, and we're asking for your protection. We'll help you fight the uh, American colonists. So England ended up saying, okay, fine, you guys are with us, and if you fight with us, we'll give you your freedom. And then they ended up resettling people because... As it happens, the United States won, so all the people who were enslaved, who fought on the British side, were going to still be slaves. Mm. Which is fun to think about when you're like, yeah, the American Revolution, great, they fought for all these things, freedom and liberty and all that stuff. Except, if the British won, then we probably would have had slavery be abolished in 1807. Yeah. Because that's when everyone else in the English uh, colonial system, which is their, you know, essentially the entire world at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, they were all... It was all deemed illegal. Interesting. Yeah. So if the British won, then we would have had slavery uh, be abolished 65 years before it actually happened. Wow. 60 years, I, sh- I should say. So, uh, yeah. So that kind of colors the uh, revolution in a fun light when you look at it that way. That is interesting. So, uh, didn't happen. History moves on. And all of these formerly enslaved people were living in Nova Scotia Mm. and there's still you know racism all over the place to this day back then it was just as bad or very likely far worse Mm -hmm. even in places where slavery was no longer the best option or even the preferred option or it was outright banned Mm -hmm. so they were having a bit of trouble in Nova Scotia they ended up getting on a boat and the government of England at the time basically said how about we repatronize these African people back to Africa. Wow. And make it into a tiny little colony using them.
0: Okay.
1: It's it's one of those things where I smile because I'm like those cheeky bastards. Yeah. But at the same time, the people that were doing this in, like recolonizing this other area were essentially like being sent back to the place that they had come. So it kind of has this air of like, we're going to send you back to your homeland because this is, you know, this it would be the right thing to do.
0: Oh, and by the way, um, you're now colonizing this area for us.
1: Exactly. But it was kind of like everyone was kind of on the same page. Like, OK, yeah. yeah, that sounds great. We'd love to go back and make our own life with our own land in our home country.
0: So it was a British colony populated by African expats. Pretty much. That's very interesting. Yeah, I think that mm. that
1: that very much simplifies it, and you know, there's links to it. In fact, Wikipedia of all the things I found had the best history. Hell yeah! So definitely go to the Wikipedia page and read through this. the The thing is, there's a lot of nuances, and a couple years later, some people from uh, the Caribbean came. They're called the Maroons, and they were um, Afro Caribbean people. Mm. But these people were all in these other colonies in you know the North and South in America and Caribbean for at least several generations, many of them. Mm. So their cultures were very much transitioned to this this kind of, you know, this new world kind of culture as yeah. to what they were expecting then, they transitioned and send all these people back, and I should also iterate, um, the people who were enslaved were not from one spot. Sure,
0: yeah. They were yeah. from
1: all over Africa, specifically if, the west side.
0: Yeah, being sent, quote, back to Africa is like, uh, you know, you it, 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 for you or me who are living in Europe and we were sent back to the United States, if we're from Portland, we could be sent to, like, Miami.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, this is not where I'm from. Yeah. What are you doing? So there's this weird, you know, like dichotomy where the there were already people who were natively living in this part of Africa. Mm-hmm. Of course there's always people living almost everywhere for many thousands of years. So these people uh, a couple different ethnic groups and then they brought in all these other people they looked similar but also they they didn't they had all these you know these different ethnic things because it's just like all all people look slightly different depending on maybe where they're from everyone has like little bits about them mm-hmm. so you would bring back these people who had these cultural differences and they started living in this place and it was essentially a colony of africans in Africa that was working with Europeans to kind of make it happen. Wow. So it's very like the the nuances are very curious, but the, the big thing is that they named this city Freetown mm. because they were freed enslaved people formerly enslaved people yeah they moved over here and they started this thing and it was this important space because maybe from the english side they were like well great we can get rid of these um poor black people from london streets and we can send them down here we can get rid of these people who no one wants because they you know don't want black people in their area and we can take them from nova scotia and send them over here Mm. and at the same time we can probably make a little bit of money from this and have some of these other things happen and and do some trade so the british might have had this and when i say might read probably most certainly had that in the back of their brain they were solving several different cultural racism problems all at once wow but
0: well yeah i don't know if removing black people solves racism
1: no 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 but it, no it was it was solving that problem it's a problem based on racism
0: yes yes saying. yes okay sorry. so
1: uh they so they were like great this is a great solution for this you know these issues we're having right now wow cheerio they would send him over <laughs>
0: Great impression. (laughs) Thank
1: you. But here's the fun thing that makes Uh, this, I think that really adds the importance hmm. is that the people who are actually moving over there had their hearts set on being free and making their own way with their own land. Yeah. So they did it. Like they named this place Freetown because whatever of these socioeconomic things are going on over in, you know, the other colonizing spaces... They were getting theirs way better than what they were getting in Canada, Mm. way better than what they had in the Caribbean or in the United States, where they were either enslaved or really, really prejudiced against and probably didn't own much of their land. And what land they could own was probably not the best because it's whatever the other rich people didn't want.
0: That's interesting. And their new society, uh, I'm assuming, was... Uh, majority black.
1: Yeah, it was. But there were also still white people there that were still doing the same shitty white colonist things that you'd get. In fact, when the British would come over, they would uh, have ships outside of the Freetown Harbor, and they would catch any slave ships that were sailing out, and they would Recaptive the people who were in there and then sell them back to like as freed people, sell them back to um other white people that were needing apprentices so I'm mm. it was like the the terminology and exactly how it works. it was very, very squishy, yeah, but suffice it to say. Whether or not the, the beginning was savory or unsavory, depending on who you're talking to, the, the people there and over time, the population and the kind of national culture of Sierra Leone became what it is today. In 1961, they got their independence. They've had all the troubles that every other country has had from many different kind of new constitutions to how many political parties are, are we going to have. They had a massively impactful civil war between the mid-90s and early 2000s. Oh, wow. Like really bad. You can look at a graph of their population and it's going up, going up, and then it flatlines and goes down oh, and then starts going back up again. Wow. So you could probably see the same thing with the uh, American Civil War. Yeah. Where there's, you oh. know, the, what is the most, I think six million people. No, 600,000 people died there this is the
0: most costly war in american history
1: exactly so you you you, you got to say okay you know well we we know no place is perfect but after this the end of the civil war they have just got it going like they wow. have everything set up there's still problems you know because africa has a very small amount of um investment as compared to other parts of the world mm-hmm. but this tree was growing there before the colony existed in oh, the wow. first place. In 1797 or 1787, there's records that say this This is the tree. People would go to this tree and they'd pray underneath it because they were Christians, because they came from what was a Christian part of the United States. Mm. Then they would come back. They would also be working with and trading with the native peoples who, this is another fun fact, mm. Alex, the native peoples who were there, the Timne, they uh, sold their land, uh, again, in probably an unsavory deal. They didn't know how much they were actually selling, yeah. and they would sit there and look at the tree in all directions, and whatever they could see from that tree, that was their territory. Cool. Isn't that great? Yeah. So, there's uh, a. Wow, these- that's,
0: oh my God, that's really- that's really profound, isn't it? Yeah. And in, in, in terms of the the sort of cultural importance of this tree,
1: it, it crosses all these different iterations. Yeah. To the point where even in May of twenty twenty three, this is still the most important symbol of the people of Sierra Leone. Yeah. It is the the thing that's on their money, their national museum. Really? A very important thing. Oh, yeah. The tree oh, yeah. is on their money. It's on their paper money, yeah. Holy shit. The, the museum. That might be the
0: most... Uh, dude, we've talked about... Sorry to interrupt no, you. No, 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 no. That we've talked about culturally significant tree hall of fame. You know, like there's like... We've talked about like the pomegranate and like the tree of life. For a capitalist society to put a tree on its money... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that might be the most.
1: That's so curious because I know a lot of places still do that. Really? They still, they have on trees. Lebanon's an example on their flag. Oh, sure. Canada's the got a maple leaf on their flag. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, my we gosh. have we have a, on our quarter. We have um, was it the Connecticut state quarter uh-huh. has a an oak tree on it.
0: Well, that's a state quarter.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is like on their you know, their paper money. Yeah. Right. So I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Wild. But I'm sure that there's other money that has has trees on it somewhere. I haven't uh, looked so much It'd be
0: fun to look into yeah
1: i gotta look at more currency
0: um you know i, I think like we should we should go to a break soon but um i think th- the biggest signal to me of the importance of this tree or one of the biggest i guess post the colony yeah. is that they literally built the city around the tree yeah they did in a time when not much regard was given by the imperialists for like the matter of the land, you know? Yeah. Like they saw this tree and they didn't think, let's fucking cut that down and sell the timber. Yeah. They saw that tree and thought, let's build, you know, let's let's respect that and just build a city around it, you know? Yeah. It'll be like the, the center of the town.
1: It's exactly um, right. Wild. Yeah, so it, it made it through all of these things. It was probably about 500 years old,
0: Alex. wow
1: made it through everything except a giant windstorm <sighs> we've been bouncing between is and was this whole time because yeah. we' want to go
0: we don't want to we don't want it we don't want to admit that it's true but uh, the cotton tree of Freetown was just demolished
1: it was it imploded in a windstorm in
0: May in 2023? May of
1: 2023 yeah so I said earlier May of 2023 because I wanted to say it made it up to that point yeah this tree was living and crushing it
0: it looks like there was a explosive planted halfway up the stem yes it right? looks blown up
1: it does like it shredded yeah. itself when it fell apart so it's very tragic hmm. and it is uh, pretty significant like every news story like international news, Covered this because this would be like the Statue of Liberty blowing over in the windstorm. Like it is such a huge monumental loss. National
0: tragedy. It's a
1: national tragedy. I think it's it's more than that. I think this is more like a a a continental tragedy. Yeah,
0: just a natural tragedy. Yeah,
1: it really is. But the tree had it had been a little bit hollow. People Mm. often had been living because it's kind of like a town square. So it was where everyone met. They would be sitting up, you know, on the the root area. They built this big road around it, you know, years ago. And there was actually a couple different times that whole inside like lit on fire. so it was hollow and there's a picture that looks like there's just a a stove just going inside of it
0: what the f- like it's a
1: furnace yeah exactly how did this happen i don't know nobody knows exactly how the fires got set oh my god but you know who knows you know maybe it was just someone sitting there it's a cold night and they make a little fire next to it i know why why the demon was trying to escape it's probably the demon oh my god fire. alex <laughs> now that's Diffenry, something i gotta so. think of
0: <laughs> yeah tragic I mean, that's like, yeah, I, I'm, I am not an, uh, a citizen of Sierra Leone or Freetown or a native of that land, but I've still felt it in my gut when we saw those pictures, Casey. Yeah.
1: and the worst part is we wanted to cover this tree for a good while. We've been planning to do uh, this, this kind of thing. So it we, was a, uh, we, by the time we did it, it was just a um, couple months too late.
0: We waited a little too long. Yep.
1: Almost exactly one month.
0: But I will say, and I mean this with no irony or anything, I would like to dedicate this episode to that tree. That
1: sounds great, Alex. Yeah.
0: And our cone score. Sorry that it's so tacky. <laughs> uh, but we got to do that after a break. We'll be right back with our review of the K POC here on Completely Arbitrary.
1: Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure Equal Opportunity Lender NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply visit figure.com for more information For licensing information go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org
0: Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary that was our discussion on the K-pop KC It's time for our
1: I was I was going to
0: say our favorite segment but
1: this is my favorite segment.
0: It's a segment that happens. Well,
1: I guess I should say, I, it's, it's, it is my favorite, but the whole thing is my favorite because the idea is that you give your opinion at this point. Yes. And I love giving my opinion, but you know, I give my opinion all throughout. So it's kind of nice. This is a
0: nice little encapsulation. This is of course our golden cone score review segment. Correct. I sound like this is our first day doing yeah,
1: this. Everyone, one welcome to Complete Arbitrary. Here's how it works. <laughs> it's like, wait, we've listened to literally hundreds of episodes.
0: Casey, just for fun, I would like you to introduce the review section.
1: Oh, uh, welcome back, everyone. This is Casey Klopp, Complete Arbitrary. Alex Rosen sitting right over there. We're going to give this cone score to a tree. Name the K-POC. Here's how it works. You listen to us talk about, give our opinions, and then give a cone score rating between 1 and 10 golden cones of honor for our tree, Saba Pentantra, the Kapok tree. The cone score goes between 0 and 10 golden cones of honor. And because my producer just gave me the thumbs up, we're going to start with him. <laughs> what do you think, Alex?
0: Well done, Casey.
1: Thank you. You know what uh, What I do sometimes? I'm sure you do because you listen to me. Mm. I say a word and then instead of saying, ooh, and then going back and correcting that word, I just change the syntax of the following sentence.
0: Absolutely. To make
1: the word make sense and then circle back around.
0: You do a little loop-de-loop.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and the Casey was,
0: Clap loop-de-loop.
1: Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it was uh, completely unnecessary.
0: In classic Croson terms, this tree
1: has really got it going on. Wow, that is very classic Croson. You say that about a lot of things. <laughs> I do,
0: <laughs> but not to diminish the value of the statement. This tree is awesome. I love spines. Yeah, or do we? They're prickles, right?
1: Uh, technically, I believe they're prickles correct. Okay. Love me some prickles. I have not actually one hundred percent confirmed that, but I'm. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna use my my prowess okay. to make an educated assertion
0: the stuffing casey Mm -hmm. the cotton of this cotton tree Mm -hmm. um incredible of course the cotton tree itself
1: yeah the one of freetown
0: um a sad tale it's actually my jaw dropped when i found out
1: yeah mine did too that is that is
0: not an exaggeration um very sad yeah this huge important big beautiful tree even if it wasn't important to people it would be sad because it's A gorgeous, huge tree. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Casey, I am feeling for the Kapok tree. Ooh, boy, Case, this has got to be a 9.5.
1: 9.5?
0: Yeah, man. Honestly,
1: I'm stunned. I love it. That's incredible. The
0: cotton tree thing, the cotton tree of Freetown? Yeah. That pushes it. To the nine point five, it
1: gets it up there. Yeah, holy shit!
0: And how often can you say that? That a single specimen is responsible for for the cone for score,
1: moving the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. wow! It really
0: shifts the shifts the dynamic.
1: Yeah, it totally does. Holy shit! All um, right. yeah, yeah so very, 9, good. 9.5 very good. Nine point five golden cones of honor.
0: Casey, right. well, as our resident expert, you will mm, go second.
1: Okay, I appreciate this. So here's here's what I think about this tree. Um, it should be planted just about everywhere. Wow, because I like that a tree is essentially, uh, I don't know, I dig, like you You uh, historically have said you like when a tree kind of fights back a little bit. Yeah. And this tree, it doesn't do it in a way that's like vicious. It's just in a way that it looks like a, a bulldog with like a big chain around its neck with like a little spike coming out, but it's just like the sweetest dog oh, in the world. That's a great
0: analogy case. This is kind
1: of how I see this tree. So this I think should be a tree I mean obviously the speciosa species uh, the not not the co- cotton Silk tree, but the silk floss tree, uh. I think, or floss whatever the names are. It's this
0: taxonomic bingo. It's,
1: it exactly. So Saba speciosa, the one that's planted like down in L.A. and all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think we should also be planting the kapok tree in more different places because, yeah, hey, why not? You don't need just one species of elm. You can plant three different species of elm. Word. And the fact that it is like provides so much. It does grow. To such proportions, I have to agree with you, Alex. I think this is a tree that is just—it's wow. not underrated. I think people are rating it really high. Yeah. But I also think that it's a tree that could be planted a lot more.
0: That says something coming from you. It really does.
1: So I'm going to give it a nine point one. Yeah. For this is just such a, an amazing tree. The fact that there is a like a whole culture of people, a whole nation surrounding one individual as well as an entire kind of cultural history behind the tree, uh, going back, you know, in a very, very long distance. I just think it's a tree that's worth, uh, it's just worth everything about it. So, yeah, 9.1. You gave it a 9.5. I sure did. You know what that means, Alex. Rather, <sighs> I should say, you out there know what that means. Wow, this is two in a row.
0: I have a good feeling about this month, Casey.
1: Jeez. God, do you kind know Kind what- of like an
0: opposite Han Solo. I have a good feeling about
1: this. Oh, honestly. On opposite Han Solo, who would that be? Hmm. Let's think on this for a while. Son Holo. San the Holo. The Swedish designer. <laughs> is is that a real person? Could be. Oh, my God. You don't
0: know it's not. Casey, this means that the Kapok tree is officially inducted into the Golden Arboretum of Honor. That's
1: exactly right.
0: Because it received a nine plus from both hosts of completely arbitrary stunning and with that i will play the induction song and we say to the K-pop, we honor you Maybe my worst one yes.
1: <laughs> that might have been, but I, I, love. I we should we should make sure everyone knows that's played on a melodica. So when you accidentally chuckle into it, uh, it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the fun of the melodica, you know. It really
1: is. It it, it betrays your inner feelings. <laughs> yeah, I'm no
0: piano player. Uh, Casey, Funny that enough, was our review. He is also a piano. Player. <laughs> that was our review of the K-pop. It is time for the completely arbitrary Q&A. Casey, this week our question comes from Orion on the Patreon.
1: Hello, Orion. Hi,
0: Orion. Orion says, I've long struggled to tell blue Colorado and white spruces apart Interesting. at times. I was wondering if you had any tips on a proper way to distinguish between the two of them. This is a specific well, question,
1: Casey. I love... I mean, tree ID specific questions. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah. Um, so do my my kind of like primary, my introduction into, into this answer is, yeah. do they look really similar?
1: They do. They can look similar. There are some some minute differences. Okay. So the white spruce is commonly known as, well, actually I should say the white spruce, but it's uncommonly known as Picea glauca. Right, and Picea glauca is a an adorable tree, and generally, if you're familiar with it around here in the greater Pacific Northwest, you know the conica variety, which is the dwarf Alberta spruce, and it is a variety that looks like a cone, like a tiny little triangular cone shape, like the the traffic cone kind of yeah. shape. Yeah, and what is that called again? Uh, just conical, just looks like a cone.
0: Uh, like a traffic cone? Yeah, but there's isn't there a word for a tree that looks like a triangle with a stick?
1: Oh, yes. It would be an an X current growth form. Yeah. Which they all have X current growth forms, but this uh, X current really just means it has a central leader with individual branches coming off. Okay. And because the lower branches are set first and grow, everyone that's set up above it is like a year younger. Right. So as you grow up, you have everything creates a triangle because, you know, they're kind of a year older and bigger as you go down. Mm Mm-hmm. So the dwarf Alberta spruce does this, but everything is—it's like a, a dwarf of all those things. It does not grow very tall, and it does not have um, big branching. Everything is really compact, so it looks like some weird shrubby thing. But it is a perfect triangle. Like, like there's no, there's no like uh non-uniformness to the uh to the whole thing and you can look this up anyone can go find it yeah. they just look like these uh, these like topiary little cloudy christmas tree things
0: yes it does look topiary yeah. but that's just the way they grow it's
1: just the way they grow wow now this is a variety so someone found it and said oh sweet we're going to grow this and then grew it up but it is so common in like front yards because mm. people are like oh it's a tiny little tree so they're like oh tree check tiny and never has to do any work check wow so they planted a lot the funny thing is it ends up reverting really often and uh we haven't ever talked about this like in depth but it's when (gasps) you have the the genetics revert back to the normal species on like some weird branch and then you have like normal uh standard white alberta spruce shoots coming off of like the side of what otherwise is this topiary-like perfect thing.
0: Mm. So you're like,
1: are those two different trees? No.
0: Casey it's just showed me tree. a photo of a of a white spruce that's reminiscent of Two-Face from the Batman series. Yes,
1: yeah, it totally is. Yeah, yeah.
0: One side is a, a straight slope, like a topiary-looking slope. It looks perfect. And, and the other side is very natural-looking and yep. growing all in different angles and The things. shoots
1: have you know the perfect amount of space growing out. Wow. Like, they just look great. That's
0: really strange. We have never talked about that.
1: We have not. But you'll see this a lot if you see like a variegated tree that is all variegated or one color and then there's one normal shoot of like green leaves coming oh.
0: off. In fact,
1: I've also seen a uh, a dogwood where there were two there was a white side and a pink side. Fuck
0: yeah, that's so cool. Yeah,
1: that was certainly a two-faced tree. It's pretty nice.
0: sweet. Nice. So, okay, that's the white spruce. Yes. Now the blue, the Colorado blue spruce. Remind me of the scientific name of that, this
1: one. that is Picea pungens. Pungens, right, yeah. right, right. Okay. So, we covered that last week, uh not last week, last month in yes. June. And Picea pungens is native to the kind of southern Rocky Mountains, and the white spruce grows further north in the Rocky Mountains and then way up in Alberta and Alaska. It goes all the way up into, um, like, the Yukon Territory and uh, Alaska, like, all really, really high up there to where they're essentially the last tree before the... Black, oh. Black spruce. Black spruce. Is more on the east side, right. but it comes over, so they, they definitely converge. But okay. if you're on the west, moving down latitude, it's going to be more white spruce.
0: Okay. And I do want to remind people uh, something that I often have to remind myself of, which is that when you say, this tree grows in this area, and then just north, this tree grows. Yeah. There is no border patrol on where these things grow, that yeah. make sure that they can't cross over. That's very There's right. a gradient effect, right? Exactly. Where you'll you'll be in white spruce country, and then suddenly you'll see blue spruces here and there. Yeah. And then suddenly you'll see less and less white spruces and more blue spruces, and then all blue spruces.
1: Yeah, and and they also will hybridize sometimes, but I think they hybridize with the the white spruce hybridizes with the cica spruce. Wow. And I think sometimes the Engelman, but I can't recall off the top of my head.
0: So I do want to refocus, Casey. Yes. And say what the different, give us three key ID differences between these two trees.
1: Done and done. So your Alberta or white spruce, Picea glauca, generally will have uh, a smaller, more condensed canopy. So they are trees mm. that really don't don't get giant and and wide. Their canopies generally tend to stay very uh, very small and spire like. Cool. The other thing is their branches, as their name suggests, so their needles are generally blue all over on all sides. They're four, four squared four sided square mm. needles. So, they're generally going to be kind of a little bit more blue, whereas the Colorado spruce tends to be normally more on the bluish green side. Mm. But, of course, you can find at high elevations where it's really dry, very bright, bright blue needles for Colorado blue spruce. Wow. So, they can be a little bit confusing uh, in that regard, but generally, Colorado spruce are going to have longer needles. Way longer, and the real the real uh, coup de gras to tell them apart is the cone.
0: I don't mean to embarrass you, but it's pronounced coupe de
1: grass. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Coupe de grass. So the coupe de grass here, everyone, is that the cones of the blue spruce, Colorado blue spruce, are about three or so inches long. Okay. They are papery- scaled. Mm -hmm. Their scales are tannish color and they're they're not really intensely woody and they're fringed. So all the scales kind of start out perfectly circular, but then as they dry they kind of get wavy and fringed at the end. And they're quite uh they're quite pleasant to just kind of move your fingers down.
0: And I've got a I've got the other side of that, may I? Yes. The white spruce cones are Kind of the opposite of everything you said. Yeah. Maybe the same length.
1: A little bit the same length, yeah.
0: Um, but they are more woody.
1: Yes. And they are,
0: have more rounded, smooth scales That's as opposed right. to that crinkly paper scale.
1: Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly it. So They look a
0: little like hemlock cones, They actually. do. They
1: look really like hemlock cones. Yeah. Yeah. You're spot on. They're fact, beautiful. If you don't know the difference between, say, a mountain hemlock yeah. and any of these spruces, or rather the Colorado, or rather the... Engelman spruce, where the mountain hemlock and Engelman spruce grow in the same spot, mm-hmm. you can very often be like, well, which is which? Mm. But as soon as you know what you're looking for in the needles, uh, which we're not gonna compare those because it'll just confuse everyone, uh, that is the big thing. So the needles on the, rather, three things. The form on the white spruce is generally smaller and it's a little bit bluer overall. Okay. The needles are a little bit shorter and the cones are Woody, and they are not fringed. They're like a nice, perfect circle. The Colorado blue spruce, the canopy's a little bit wider. They grow a little bit further south, and their needles are a little bit longer. They tend to be more on the greenish side than the bluish side. There are some examples or some exceptions. You'll just have to think about it. There always are. As soon as you see one, you're like, well, this might be look at the cone because the Colorado blue spruce will have that papery cone with all the fringed scales.
0: I will say maybe look at the cone first.
1: Yes. Oh, that'll set you off just like that. You'll be like, I think this is a spruce. Look at the cone and you'll know one way or the other.
0: As I've said before, go to the cones. Go to the cone.
1: He says it all the time. A lot of people don't know that. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Off pod. Thank you so much, Orion. We really appreciate the question. Uh, If you have a question for us, Join up on the Patreon. Yeah. It's the place to be. Patreon.com slash Arbitrary Pod. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod. The best way to support the podcast monetarily, it's like a PBS donation. Exactly. Uh, that recurs every month and you get monthly uh rewards essentially for for pain, for uh supporting.
1: Yeah, you know what we should do, one What's time that? Alex? We should do a uh, um like a what do they do on NPR? They have like their um yes, their, uh, their, their telethons. Their phone fundraising things. Yeah, 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 we should do an entire episode on that where hey, we're just going to pause our normal programming and we'll just do an hour of asking for money.
0: <laughs> well, it has to uh, be a uh it has to be like a um uh it has to be like a variety show. Ah, uh, so yeah. So like local like artists come in, and New you and I can. like have to describe what they're doing because this is radio. Yeah.
1: Anyway, join the Patreon if you want to support the show. Otherwise, just listen to all the ads on silent.
0: Thank you, Casey. <laughs> uh, of course, the kind of crown jewel of the Patreon is the Cone of the Month Club. Every month, we send you a sticker. It is a conifer cone, a different species every month, illustrated by a different cool artist every month. We have like twenty five,
1: I think, right now. Twenty six, I think. Twenty six. Wow. This this month it will be twenty seven.
0: Holy shit, that's amazing. Uh, That is the best way to support the podcast. You get them in the in the mail every month. We get ten bucks. We shake hands. Metaphysically speaking, mm-hmm. and uh, you also get two bonus episodes if you join at that tier. So That's it's right. a it's a great deal. Um, Casey Clapp.
1: Alex Croson.
0: That was our discussion on the uh, <laughs> on the K-pop tree. I had I had a I was one step behind on my muscle memory. Uh. Um, thank you for talking about this tree, Casey. It was a real delight, uh, although although ultimately a sad story. Um, but I think that. There's a lot to celebrate with this tree. There is. Everything uh, that is an
1: ending is also a new beginning.
0: Well said, Casey. And with that, we say this is the end of this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you on the next beginning. Bye now. Later.
1: Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp.
0: Our artwork is by Gillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Minivandals.
1: And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod.
0: And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.